Hey, good afternoon, and welcome to another exciting episode of The Honest Teacher. Um, I haven't been able to record in a while. I was pretty busy last week, and I caught ill again. It wasn't the uh, coronavirus, uh, luckily. And, um, no, now I'm back, baby. Um, So today, I think I want to talk a little bit about, like, a flipped classroom and how I used it, and it's a little different than... um, some of you may have used it or some of you have heard about using it, but I have wanted to look into how to flip a classroom for a long time. And I heard about it and I just never really wanted to pull the trigger. In my special ed classrooms, I typically use small group and whole group instruction, but I do not normally have anything more than 10 kids in my classroom. So the standard model of a flipped classroom really wouldn't work for me. What I wanted to do instead was look at how my students ingest information and what they really uh, like doing. And what I saw with uh, my students with autism is that they really like faces. They really pay attention to faces and they really like watching things on a screen. And so what I did for my flip classroom was um, I actually recorded myself. And so what I'm going to do is I want to go through kind of like some of the steps that people recommend doing for a flip classroom. Um, So if you don't know what a flipped classroom is, the traditional model is that the students actually watch videos at home uh, or on their own time. They pretty much learn on their own outside of the classroom. Then they come back into the classroom and they are engaging in, oh, small group activities and ways to bolster the material that they learned on their own. So they're getting the direct instruction away from you. Then they're coming in the classroom and they are engaging in body movement activities or small group discussions. And they are taking assessments at that point And so you are really no longer kind of leading um, the classroom. You're more of a classroom manager. And it's found success in larger classrooms. And so I wanted to check it out. And so I think four or five years ago, I really started to research it. And it took me another full year to get comfortable with the idea. And there's four months or so for me to develop a plan And then I really implemented it in the fall of 2016. I actually went ahead and implemented it, and it was a blast. So how people normally do it is they find a certain standard that they want to work on. So they may look at their state standards and say, I want to work on ELA standard three subpart A. And so then they look at what they they want the kids to master. Then they pick an assessment. And so what they would do is how are they going to easily grade if their kids actually got it? I eventually used uh, Google Classroom and Google Forms and Google uh, Slides. And I also used Edmodo for a period of time. Those all worked really well for my assessments. What you then have to do is the part of part of it that becomes flipped is they're watching videos online and people 
research and they tend to lean on like Khan Academy and teacher tube and, um, like Ted talks and, um, slide share stuff like that. So you, then you go out and you do the research, you figure out what you want your students to watch. You need also need a Google classroom type site or some sort of a central location where the kids go and they get the material from you. I prefer Edmodo. So if you have access to Edmodo, use it. So anyway, so then they find it and then you have to make sure it's appropriate. So you're doing all that research. Then they are watching that material on their own. They are, or you're giving them information on paper you send home if they don't have access to the internet. When they're at home, they're watching it, they're interacting. Then when they get to school, that's when they're doing those in-class activities. They are usually going to be small groups, and it's just to get them engaged in the material. This is when you are then assessing how well they got the material. Uh, you're probably using some sort of your assessment at that point. And then you are doing it all over again and it is very busy and you are eliminating like the um, lecture type situations that teachers get into with their whole whole group students. This is awesome for your students that need individualized learning. So if any student with not even IP, maybe a 504, not even a 504, maybe they just can't focus when you are leading your classroom. This would do great for them because they can learn on their own time. They can sit down, start it, go get a sandwich, go to the bathroom, come back. Maybe they are doing it with their mom. Maybe their parents are interested. You are putting them in charge of their learning at home. You have to be careful to make sure that they're not abusing it. They're actually doing it. This is why you're doing your assessments. And then maybe if they're not, you are having them work on those videos in class during recess or something. So whatever you want to handle like that. How I handle it was slightly different. Like I said, the main difference was that I created those videos because I knew that they are into faces. And so what I would do is after all the kids left each day, I would record videos for the next day. And so if they were going to be learning about math, I would record the math. I would put a tripod up with my camera and I would actually sit at my board and I would go through the work workbook with them. And I would teach a lesson right there. And then when they would come back in the next day, they would actually watch my video. And they would have the worksheet that I gave them right there at their desk. And after they watched the video and we worked, I asked that we would do a small group project in class. I would see what they got it. And then we moved on. That was a ton of work, and my work is still on YouTube, and I loved, oh my God, I love doing it so much, because when they would sit there and watch my face, and then look at me, look at the screen, look at me, look at the screen, <laughs> they just had a ball, and it was great. So I recorded my own videos, and that way they got the instruction from me the way I would want to teach it to them, but they got to do it at their own speed. Again, they could stop the video, take a break, put their head down, do whatever they needed to. And that they appreciated that I would then have them go on like a Google classroom and they would find their assignments for the day for a full year. I had all of my lessons completely online and that was terrifying because as teachers, we like control because we want to have that part of the equation lined out. We can't control the students. We can't control the parents. We can control our classroom, 
And I essentially gave all of that away for a full year. And I got to tell you, I would do it again in a heartbeat. And I would be able to work with students one-on-one. I could take any kind of misconceptions they had. I can pull them off to the side while the others are working. If I knew a student needed extra work, I could create a video right there and uh, I could do it with him. And then he could watch himself learn and then do the project. Um, you know, that next school year, the kids weren't as into it. So I let it go. And then the next year, I just didn't do it all, all together. But for a full year, I was a full flipped classroom in my own model. Because again, I didn't do it like the traditional model because I couldn't because of my students. I was paying attention to their needs and I gave them what I felt that they needed. And they showed me that they really appreciated it. Okay, so quick story time then. Um, I'm sure you guys have all seen uh, Reddit or Tumblr, the shit my kids ruined. Well, my two boys ruined a uh, trampoline the other day. They took the net and they were ripping it. They were throwing themselves into it. They found that if they threw themselves into it, they could rip it. But they were doing a little at a time, so we didn't notice until they caused the big rip explosion. And it all fell down. And when I came out to see what happened, they were laughing about it until they saw me. Then I lost my cool, screaming at them until they get inside. So then my wife and I talked about it, and we agreed that they would paid to get it fixed they would buy the net online well, i made them help me take it down they had to take the ring apart we're going to fix they bent several of the parts on the ring so they're going to fix that we're going to do that tonight actually and then when the net comes they're going to put it up and they're going to have to fight stringing it down like i did and they're going to have to do all the work and they're grounded off electronics grounded off of friends and i'm making them my wife and i are making them do a puzzle together and they can only work on that puzzle together, and they will have no electronics until that puzzle is done. And it's a 500, 500 piece puzzle. And it took my wife and I about a week to do, so it's going to take them much longer. So that was fun. That was a shit my kids ruined. Um, you know, I wanted to talk about a flipped classroom. And um, if you have any questions or comments, um, find me on my Twitter account, The Honest Teacher. And hit me up some questions and I'll be able to help you. But if you ever think about doing a flip classroom, I would totally recommend it. Just do your due diligence. Do your research. Don't just throw yourself into it. Um, try to know every aspect that you want to cover before you do it. That way you won't have any questions. You can kind of plan for all the different uh, contingencies that you may have. So. Um, as always, go out there, keep working hard, kick ass. Thanks for listening. Tell your friends, you know, let's spread the word with this. Thanks, guys.